This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And hello there. I'm your new chef of the garden. <laughs> yes, you what are. What are you doing here? Waving Charlie Dobbin my arms is, yeah, around, she's you waving. Know. You look like you're brushing cobwebs away from the <laughs> microphone here. Well, I think I think I'm okay. I'm, I'm all, all right? tangled up with my headphones. That's but oh, that's where you were <laughs> before I turned on my microphone. Uh, there was Charlie with all the cord of, of her headset in a great big bundle, and she's working away at it like a you know, somebody nest, yes. somebody knitting, and they've got everything all balled up. Well, anyway, thanks for that. Here we are. Hey, good morning, Christina. That's our producer in there. Yeah, yeah and uh, yeah. she's got a big smile and first uh, voice you'll hear. When uh, you call. First voice, and I'd better give the phone numbers. Speaking of which. Mm-hmm. All right, if you want to call the Garden Show and talk to Charlie Dobbin, and who doesn't? 416-360-0740. Stop laughing. Stop it. Yes, and you then do anywhere make me else, laugh. anywhere else <laughs> in the province is 1-866-740-4740. So, was it cold enough for you this morning? Now, I I stay in the the mid part of uh, Toronto Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. when I come in for Saturday morning, Mm -hmm. and uh, it it wasn't any frost there. Oh, there was frost. Right around Casaloma. Yeah, it was sparkling at my house. Just diamonds everywhere. Oh, wow. Elliot, look out. He's talking (laughs) heavy jewelry here. No, it's very pretty. But that's it. That's our first real frost. And I think across the province that last night was the first real frost for many of us. So down with the vegetables, down with the annuals. And what's interesting, of course, is that the weather pattern is such that it's all going to warm up again tonight. Apparently, it's going to be up to about 13 degrees this evening and as high as 18 or 19 tomorrow Wow! during the day. I'll get my Speedo out. I was going to say. <laughs> but it's going to be raining, so a good idea yeah. to keep the Speedo oh, oh, handy. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but it will be, a, I mean, if it's not pouring rain, it'll be a great day to do that final cleanup of, of some of those, you know, things that have gotten frosted and are now lying on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. <laughs> like my green peppers and that sort of thing. Right. Um, okay, yeah. well, it, it could be then a very busy time for, for people. Oh, it is. Is, absolutely, yeah. The, all about winter's coming. And there's certain things we don't want to do until the frost is hit. Yeah. You know, there's just things you don't cut down, uh, perennials that you don't touch until the frost has really knocked them down. Hostas are a good example. Mm-hmm. My hostas have been looking good standing up up until last night and this morning, and I could <laughs> see the glaze on the leaves. So I'm sure when I yeah. get home later this afternoon, it'll be all down at ground level. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. yeah. It's nature, big. Mother Nature just takes care of everything. I know. Yeah. Gardening is it's such a, it's a cycle, right? And it's kind yeah. of neat, the cycle of, because you get a break. That's the nice thing about the winter. We kind of put it all to bed and we sit back and then we dream about next season and what we're going to do differently or do the same or do better. Well, that's why people love that as a hobby. It's absolutely. Always something to look forward to. You're absolutely uh, By the way, I forgot our little mantra oh, with our phone. Okay phone numbers, sure. call early, call often, one question per call. Now, you have a little note in your hand there. I you do. Um, I don't have a lot of uh, things going on to share, you know, mm-hmm. uh, events, other than to tell you that next week, next Saturday, October the 20th, 
I'll be participating in an educational event that's sponsored by the Simcoe County Master Gardeners, of which I am an honorary member. Mm-hmm. So at 1.30 in the Simcoe County Museum, which is on Highway 26 West in Minnesing, I'll be speaking on a topic, how to garden better within a changing climate, which kind of goes back to what we were talking yeah, about, yeah. the cycles of the seasons, but also the changing cycles mm-hmm. of the season that, that you know we're seeing. So the entire day is called Back to the Future, Old Techniques, Finding New Life. So it is a, it's an educational event for Master Gardeners, but it is open to everyone if you would like to spend the day learning more about Back to the Future, Old Techniques, Finding New Life. Don't hesitate to attend, particularly if you're in the Barrie area. Uh, it starts at 8.30 in the morning, goes right through to about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, for more information, go to www.magoi, M-G-O-I, Master Gardeners of Ontario, Incorporated, dot C-A. Very good. Thank you very much. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more after the break if we get a chance planting garlic, because you've got yeah, something yeah. coming up on your show. Mr. McCuskey, who is uh, sort of the uh, head honcho out there of this particular project. Um, gar- uh, Evergreen Brickworks. It's, yes, it's the Garlic Festival. There you two go. Day, two days. Two days. So mm-hmm. we can talk a bit about garlic, if, if any, and we also want to talk a bit about trees, preparing our trees, being kind to our trees as winter is coming. And the other thing, if we get a minute, the whole idea of grub damage and what we're, we see on our lawns now and what we can do now and prepare for next season. You got it. Okay. It's uh, 9-12, almost 9-13, come to think of it. And we'll be getting to uh, talk to Arlene from Guelph right after these words on The Garden Show from AM740. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, welcoming Arlene back to the air. I believe you were our first call <laughs> last uh, last week, right Arlene? Yes, that's right. Good for you. All righty. What's on your good mind morning. today? Yes, good morning. I'm calling for my daughter. She mm-hmm. wanted to know if you can grow dahlias in flower pots in the summertime. Oh, for sure, of course. Did she grow some this year? No, she hasn't tried them. I, I think she must have been talking to somebody else, and mm. they, uh, they, they've been growing them, so she thought she'd like to try it. Oh, dahlias are so rewarding. I mean, there's a lot of different kinds out there, little short ones, but big tall ones are the ones we grow in the garden. They're called dinner yeah. plate dahlias because the flowers are the size of a dinner plate. Mm-hmm. The little shorter ones, or dahliettas, are what we grow in flower pots. The trick, of course, is, and this goes back to the frost we had last night, dahlias uh, grow from a tuber. The tuber can be kept over winter as long as you can keep it frost-free. Can't leave it outside, can't leave it in the ground, it will just turn to mush. But, uh, for example, the dahliettas that are in my garden, now that they've been frosted, will have dropped to the ground, and now is the time to dig up the tubers and dry them out a bit, or in the case of, yeah, just clean them up a bit, and then put them away in a frost-free, dark, and in the case of dahlias, moist location. So she wants to grow the smaller ones? So yep. That you get if the she's smaller in, variety? That's right. If she's growing in pots, suggest to her, yeah, the short ones. Nothing taller than sort of 12 inches tall uh, and lots of sun. And, yeah, whatever investment she makes in the spring on the dahlias, she can maintain that investment because the tubers just get bigger and bigger every winter, you know, every summer and keep them and keep replanting them every spring. Okay, then fine. Thank you very much. Thanks, Arlene. Thanks, Arlene. And uh, let's see, it's 9.16. Oh, 9.17. Golly, time's moving along here. Rosemary in Fort Erie, anxious to talk to you. Oh, I think. Anxious. <laughs> <laughs> Hello there, Rosemary. Good morning. Hello. Hi. 
Um, I have hydrangeas, mm-hmm. and I have I know my Annabellas that I cut them right to the ground, and they come up beautifully every year. Mm-hmm. But I have a hydrangea tree. Okay. How do I prune that? All right, so it's probably a PG hydrangea. The flowers are on it now. They're conical-shaped as opposed yes. to round. Yes, they're <clears> conical. <throat> Personally, I don't cut hydrangeas in the fall at all. No okay. hydrangeas. I do all my hydrangea trimming in the spring. Well, I don't want it to be whipped where it is in the winter. Mm. It could get whipped a bit. Okay. I, I, I've, I've taken the flowers off it every year, okay. but I didn't know if I could trim it back a bit because it's kind of getting into my driveway. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That's the one reason we do trim in the fall, particularly with the case of a hydrangea. You can, tr- like the PG type that you have, yes. or paniculata, they can be trimmed in the fall and should be trimmed for the reasons you mentioned. One is too big, getting whipped around in the wind, branches rubbing together, or plant interfering with the movement of cars and people. Definitely do your trimming. Once again, you've had a good frost. Um, leaves are no, all going to... haven't had a frost. No, I sure I imagine you haven't. So, get, you know, if you can wait, just wait till it's a little colder and completely dormant is what you want before you do any trimming. But just to mention, I I like leaving the flowers on the hydrangea because I find them ornamental over the winter. They, yes. they dry up and turn bronzy and they're quite pretty. And, of course, in the wind, they do blow off eventually. But, uh, but they're pretty. I mean, they're something that I, I leave on for their ornamental value and trim it all off in the spring. Well, they're pink right now. Mm-hmm. They're beautiful. I know. They're but, gorgeous. So, uh, they're just like the other ones that form their buds now for next year? No. Remember that a PG hydrangea is a late-blooming plant, mm-hmm. so it does not set its flower buds now. It sets its flower buds next spring and summer. Okay, so I won't harm it that much by by taking down that one part where it's in the driveway. Not at all. You can trim now, and then you could further trim next spring just for balance if you want to. Right. Now, my, um, my Idabellas, I bought some new ones mm-hmm. late in the season. Can I cut them down without any... I, I cut the flowers off to let it get its root system going. Okay. So can I cut those down to the ground like I do with my established... Annabellas? You can, and if it's just been recently planted, the Annabelle in the last, you know, month or so. Uh, two, yeah, a couple of months. Yeah, okay, well, with, with recently planted plants, we know that with the theoretically winter coming, ground freezing, potentially freezing and thawing, plants can get pushed right up out of the ground if they're newly planted. So with a newly or reasonably newly planted plant, don't hesitate to cut it down once you've had a good frost. I would put a little bit of um, leaf material or compost around the base just as a way to keep those roots protected from uh, erratic temperature changes. That's great. Well, thank you for all your help. Thank you. Very welcome. Thank Thanks you. for your call. You are listening to the Goddess of the Garden. Yes, indeed. Charlie Dobbin is here and answering your questions. And I just thought, you know, there may be some people who, for maybe the first time, uh, are tuning into the station saying, wow, this is neat, a garden show in Toronto. Yeah, yeah and you all have the, year. We uh, garden all year exactly. on this show. Exactly. And you might not have the phone numbers tacked up on the fridge. Or in like, the speed yeah, dial, exactly. like you should. So here you are. Jot them down, put them up on the fridge. 416 416- Three six zero zero seven forty for uh, Toronto callers, and then anywhere else in the province. Toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Now, I just have before we go to our next caller and a little bit of a break here. I, I have see. to start doing my exercises. I'm warming up because it was 
chilly coming in this morning. <laughs> it was. Oh. Had to warm um, that car up. And exactly. You, I mean, you, you're in great shape. There's no question, Frank. I mean, you do definitely well, look I, after yes. yourself. I'm, I'm going to do knee bends. And now I've got them going. It's lycra suit that drives oh. me crazy. I'm not looking at him. Oh. The reason he's doing knee bends and is now stuck. No, it, both uh, Frank and I take Sierra Sil as a new, um, supplement to keep ourselves limber and pain free. Mm. It's all got to do with avoiding sore, achy, stiff joints. We find that Sierra Sil works for us if taken on a daily basis. If you're interested in more information, check them out at their website, sierrasil.ca, or give them a call at one eight seven seven. Joint 14. And remember, you can pick up Sierra Sil at many of the local health food stores, including uh, Essence of Life on Kensington Avenue and also Ambrosia Natural Foods in both Newmarket and Thornhill. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Easy to get to, hard to leave. Slowly, the leaves are changing into their autumn colors, just in time for new staycationing ideas for you and your family close to home. Take in a community theater play after a dinner out, visit an artist studio, or the $3 million Lighthouse Gallery in Woodstock. Get your copy of the popular Trails Guide and enjoy picking some pumpkins or exploring wild mushrooms and cedar wax wings. Discover Oxford County. For a complete listing of events this fall, contact Tourism Oxford to get your visitor's guide today. Experience an intimate evening with one of Canada's greatest guitarists. Join Jesse Cook and his band November 10th as they rehearse for their Blue Guitar World Tour. Enjoy the Visa Infinite Lounge and chat with Jesse himself about his new album, The Blue Guitar Sessions. It's one of many exclusive events you'll find with the Visa Infinite Music Series. Check your wallet for a Visa Infinite card and visit visainfinite.ca to get your tickets. Check out even more great offers while you're there. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And it is your sous chef, Frank Proctor, here. Also known as the undergardener. The undergardener, yep. that's right. But you're very good at it. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm short, so that it all works out. <laughs> uh, Catherine in Toronto, good morning and welcome to the show. Oh, good morning. Morning. Um, Charlie uh, Charlie and Frank. Thank um, you. I phoned last week, uh, Charlie, mm-hmm. and you gave me uh, wonderful instructions about my abutilon. Mm-hmm. And I did everything you told me to do as well as I could. Mm-hmm. Now, it's sitting in a, an unheated room <clears throat> in the basement, in, but I've, I've just got it like the sort of the root ball with a lot of earth around it. I, I did soak it. Right. And it's just beautiful. It's standing up there with all these gorgeous little orange flowers mm-hmm. dangling. <laughs> but um, what I'm wondering now is when I fully plant it into the pot, which it isn't, it's not planted yet, what kind of soil, just planting soil, is that okay? What I would use is a potting soil. A potting soil. Right. Because oh. remember when you go to any garden center or home center to buy soil, there's kind of two kinds. One is the potting soil, the other is the garden soil. Okay. So remember topsoil, garden soil, triple mix, those are all soils that are designed to go into the ground. Oh, that's tend, what I wondered. Yeah, they tend to be too heavy to put into pots. They don't uh-huh. allow proper air circulation. Yep. So any good potting mix, and you'll see there's lots of them out there. Many of them are what we call a soil 
soilless mix. So they're oh. peat based. Mm-hmm. But that's, uh, and the nice thing about the potting soils is they're completely sterilized. They're usually packed dry in the bag, so they're mm-hmm. nice and light to get them home. Mm-hmm. But do moisten the soil before you start working with it and planting the, the plant into a pot. Well, does, is it going to be um, uh, wrong to leave as much of the earth around the roots that are there, that's there now? Well, so what did you do? I know you dug it up out of the garden, and yeah. then you've given the upper part of it a wash. Did yeah. you kind of give a wash to the roots at all or soak it well, at I all? I soaked it. Okay. Soaped it, did you say? Yes. Yeah, and then you've run the soap through, or the soap is still sitting in the soil? Uh, oh, no. Um, I No, I... As far as the the roots were concerned, right. I only immersed that in water. Oh, okay. I and, didn't. There was no soap in there. Okay. And when you took it out of the water, I imagine a lot of the soil kind of washed off the roots. Oh, didn't some it? of it. Yeah. Did, yes. But there's still a fair amount there. Yeah. yeah. So what I would do is leave the soil that's there. Yeah. And if it has been sitting out for a couple of days now in your basement, in your cool basement, and you go out and get the pot in the potting soil, say today, yes. when you go to place that root ball into the, the new pot with the new potting soil, just have some scissors or pruners handy and trim off any of the roots <clears throat> that are protruding out of the root ball that might be all kind of dried and wizened looking because they're, they're, they've dried out. They're not going to do anything. Trim them right back. Okay. 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 Now, uh, just a couple more about the same thing. Um, the, I'll need to prune the top, won't I? You will, but that can come later. Okay. Unless it's just too big to have in your house. But it's in the basement now, I'd leave it alone for now. Oh, big, how will I know when? Big pruning in March. Put it on the calendar and we'll talk about it then when we're on the show. And you can certainly call and we can talk about it then as well. Okay. And and you think it's okay for me to leave it where it is in the basement? It's getting some light there at all? Yes, or? it is. Okay, perfect. Yep. Sounds perfect. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Okay, <laughs> Thank you. I love how they... Oh, it's about the same thing. So, you know, yeah, no, and fair, but, fair enough. But you, you know? can also tell how much Catherine wants to keep that plant alive. I yeah, mean, exactly. You're getting the sense that's a bit of a family member I, now, right? I can right? just picture in my mind right now in her little date book, she's writing down, haircut, March. <laughs> well, <laughs> for, for, the, for Abutilon, also Abutilon, known as yeah. a flowering maple. It's a tropical plant, for those of you oh, that are wondering very, very nice. what's going on there. Or little orange bell flowers, very pretty. Okay. Now, I next, I want to clarify a name here. Uh, I ha- I see it as Nitsa. Is that correct, uh, Nitsa? In Pepperlaw? Hello. Hello, yes, good morning. Hello. Yeah, I barely hear you. Oh, uh, how, how can you, well, uh, how are you doing now? Oh, okay. It's Thanks. okay. All right. I have a question. We have uh, seven fig trees, two hibascus, three citronellas, and uh, one jasmine. I don't know how to handle it for the winter. What do I do with them? And the figs already a little have little figs on it. Aww. So you've got fig trees and you've got jasmine? Yeah. And all of these have been outside all summer? Yeah, in pots. Mm-hmm. Big pots. Right. So, how are these new plants or have you had them for many years? No, new, new this, uh, this uh, summer. Okay. So, I, we had a guest on the show about a month ago. I'm sorry, I barely hear you. All right, so tell you what, you hang up your phone and listen to what I'm going to tell you. No, now it's a bit better. Okay. Um, the, I was just going to say, we had a guest on the show, Stephen, oh man, I'm just going to look, I'm going to look this up. I'm blanked okay. on his name because he did, remember he, he's the fig pig. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He gave us all, he just has a recently published book. So I'm just going to flip back, give you a website. 
and it's I'm good. hanging up because I cannot hear okay. you. Okay. I can hear you on the radio. Is that okay? Perfect. That's, that's great. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So just going for the people out there with fig trees, because there is a, you know, grow your own urban agriculture, whatever it is. Figs are interesting plants. They cannot withstand the kind of weather we have mm-hmm. outside. But given a cool location, figs are not hard to overwinter, whether it's a, a unheated, insulated shed or it's in the case of Stephen Biggs, who was our, our guest. He had a basement bathroom that was unheated that he used as his overwintering fig location for a period of time. But now he's expanded his collection, so he had to build a special place for them. Bottom line is figs are, are kind of all the rage. There's all kinds of people growing figs. So here's a suggestion for how to overwinter figs. Rather than me getting into the whole story, because there's many ways to do it, depends what your possibilities are for burying the figs, bringing them inside, you know, on and on and on. A couple of different uh, websites, probably the easiest one to go to for finding uh, Stephen is www.grow-figs.com. And uh, so growfigs.com or noguffpress.com and you will find there's a he just put a whole book together that's uh it's great and it's all about all about things yeah go figure exactly (laughs) and jasmine being a tropical plant we've been talking a lot about abutilon we've been talking about um hibiscus and jasmine's exactly the same it's you got to get it inside before a frost you know, give it a soap wash, shower, and clean it all up, get it inside. And I'm not sure if you've had a frost in Pefferlaw yet, but I sure did at my house. So um, I've got a few things tucked in my garage that still need to be soaped <laughs> before they can come in the house. Okay. Well, we know what Charlie's got uh, to do on her chore, <laughs> exactly. list of chores. My list of well. chores for tomorrow. Well, let's see what's going on there in uh, Markdale. Uh, Valerie on the line. Good morning, Valerie. Welcome Good to the morning. Garden Show. How are you? Fine. How about you? Um, I was wondering... We have horses that are still in the pot. Mm-hmm. Can you put them in the basement and keep them till next spring and then pot them out? What I would do is, do you have any place in the garden where you could just take those pots full of hostas and just... No, there's no, nowhere right now. Okay, okay. So you can't just bury them in the ground somewhere? No. Have you got a, a protected corner somewhere where you could just leave them outside? The only reason I bring this up is, yes, theoretically, you can bring those hostas inside. However, they will start to grow if they get any light and if the temperature is too warm. And they will grow very thin and sparse and, and unhealthy. So if you've got a nice, dark, cool location in your basement, for sure, once the hostas are dormant, get them down into the dark, into the cool put them away, check them every month or so. You may have to water them once or so over the winter, um, but they should be fine as long as that they don't start growing on you. And, and on the same topic, uh, do you wait till they get frozen and then put them down? Or? Yes. Yeah, wait. I mean, you would be just like me. You will have had a real good frost last night, I'm sure, if not earlier this week. So the leaves will have all turned to kind of a glassy texture, and then they just drop to the ground. So out there with your sharp pruners, preferably when it's not raining, so not tomorrow, but if you can get out today, trim off those leaves, and then just put them in undercover for a few days. Well, it's going to be very warm in the next couple of days, so just let them slow down a bit, go completely to sleep, and then get them inside down in the basement within the next week to 10 days. Okay, thank you. 
Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks for joining the show. And it is The Garden Show here at AM740 in Toronto. Uh, just sorry, I want to interrupt for a second. Just yeah. to clarify, the reason we're talking about things like hostas in pots going into a basement, mm. hostas are hardy plants. They should be able to stay outside, no problem. The difference is that in pots, it is much colder above the ground than it is in the in ground. The ground. Right, you are. And our caller was calling from Markdale. And so Markdale's up, you know, Shelburne, mm-hmm. Beaver Valley area. So it's, it's cool up there. But they're not going to die immediately. It's not going to get that cold that fast. Yeah. What will kill those hostas sitting in pots above ground will be 10, 12, 15 below zero type temperatures. Mm-hmm. They're fine down to probably two or three, even four degrees below zero because that's not going to kill them. It's, it's the extreme cold that will kill them. And uh, the problem with bringing plants indoors, you know, uh, over the winter now mm-hmm. is that the the times now are so much different than when houses uh, were yeah. built years ago yeah. when you did have a cold cellar. That's right. You know, yeah. Very few houses have... That's yeah. right. Most of us have insulation and big yeah. screen TVs in our basement. Exactly. There's no opportunity for yeah. overwintering stuff. So that's right. And that could be of an impact as well. And depending on the kind of hosta and depending on the kind of winter we have, I have a hosta that's been in a pot above ground on the eastern side of my house and has survived every single winter for at least five or six years now with no winter protection at all, just sitting in a wooden box at the side of my house. It survives and comes up. Now, leaves sit on top of it all winter, and then I pull the leaves away in the spring and it grows back. It's a very hardy little hosta, and it's been fine, but I'm perhaps a little warmer than uh, than Markdale. And it totally depends on what kind of winter we have. There you go. Pray for snow. <laughs> yeah, unlike last year. Well, we, that's we right. Need, we really do need snow. Well, and a friend yeah. of mine in Ottawa emailed yesterday afternoon and said, oh, it's snowing in Ottawa. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like winter's come. I to think we're going to get slammed some, this year. I, You know what? Yeah. I'm, I'm good with that. Okay. Yeah, she, she's game for just about anything. <laughs> oh, Doug in Lindsay, uh, let's hear about your lawn grubs. <laughs> <laughs> Morning, yeah, Doug. Charlie mentioned the uh, said something about uh, white grub just as I turned the radio on. I didn't know whether it was something you were going to discuss later in the show or what. Well, all I wanted to share with everybody, and it's a good thing you called because it's a it is a you know good really topical point. There, there's a lot of grub damage out there. Lawns are showing a, a substantial amount of damage from grubs chewing this past fall. So. It is too late now to apply those parasitic nematodes that we talk about because it's just too cold. It's just not going to happen. The eggs will not hatch. Meanwhile, the grubs have gone down and are moving down down to get below the frost line. So right now, what we do is we make a note of the damaged areas in our lawns where the grub damage is clearly evident and you know, this is the get out the daytime or you're making yeah. jokes about people, you know, making notes for next time. Don't make a little map of your lawn. Well, not yeah. just that, but get out your little date book for next August uh-huh. and say, apply nematodes now. Because you know that if you've had, you have grub damage now in certain areas, you're very likely to have the exact same damage in the exact same place next August. Well, I did apply the nematodes about a month ago. Okay. And, uh... Uh, it's not just them eating the uh, grubs eating the grass. It's the skunks eating the the grubs. grubs too. Yeah, that's right. So that's the trick. If the, if the if the nematodes are applied properly, you know, with into a moist lawn with lots of watering yeah. afterwards, and there's good like the little eggs have to land on the backs of a grub hatch, and then they proceed to start chewing the grubs and eating them. It's quite lovely. That all has to happen perfectly. Now a few grubs 
sometimes get missed. And meanwhile, you're right. The skunks sniff them out and they're out there digging holes and making a mess of your lawn. It's a problem. And they will, that will be a bigger problem next spring, probably. You'll see skunks and potentially raccoons doing some digging. And, and it's great that they're eating the grubs for you. But in terms of fixing your lawn, don't worry about it. Wait till about May next year to do any proper leveling and fixing and reseeding or sodding. I see. And then in August, put the nematodes on again. Again, following those instructions to the T. And uh, just one uh, dose of nematode. Well, how big? How big is your property? Is it a really quite large? No, no, it's not. Uh, uh, Fifty by about thirty. The oh the yeah, lawn area. One dose should be fine. There's supposed to be like eight million eggs or something in in the one dose. So yeah, because I was able to cover it four times with a proper sprayer. Oh, were you? Yeah. Okay. So when I've done it, I just done it with a watering can. So and I just really concentrate my water, like I water my watering can full of microscopic grub eggs in the area and the perimeter of where I see the damage. Right. Really right. concentrate where you're seeing the damage. Right. And then water in, of course. Okay. Thank you very much. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Doug. Good luck with that, Doug. Thank you. The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin on the air at AM 740. Let's uh, take a little trip here to Guelph and say hi to Jack. Hey, Jack, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I was wondering, we were talking about lawns. I have a very large lawn. Mm-hmm. And I've lost 90% of bugs and grubs. Oof. And Oof. I've been told if you spray your lawn with soapy water, this gets rid of them. Do you know anything about that? Soap can be very effective at killing insects as long as the application is sufficient to absolutely coat the bodies of the insects. Soap actually causes them to suffocate. Little bugs breathe through their bodies, and when their little bodies are covered in soap, they can't breathe, they die. So insects in the soil are very tough to actually coat in soap. It's an awful lot of soap. And, uh, and that's one of the reasons that, so yeah, theoretically, yes, and for sure, you will find that some insects will you know, lower the population. You'll never actually eliminate the entire population of all the things in your soil and your lawn, though. So 90% dead is now, do you, you have any idea, is it, is it grubs, do you think, or are you seeing? Yes, it's a cinch bug and the white worms. Oh, okay. And I got, I've lost 90%, I got a lot of bonds. Yeah, oh, really. So it's very, very yellow where the cinch bug have done their damage, and yeah, the, of the course. Yeah, the is just dead. <laughs> So it all starts, and I know it's a huge job if it's a huge lawn. It does start with removing the dead, raking out the dead. I see. Top dressing with some soil, overseeding with some seed. Your window of opportunity to actually put seed down is kind of on the edge, the end of it now, being mid-October. Um, but if it's a huge lawn, I would be inclined to spread some seed now this fall and expect to reseed again next spring and you know fill in some of the patches but um but yeah it is it's a big job and it's um it's a tough thing i mean it was very dry summer and that's where the cinch bug go to town they love the dry right and the grubs seem to have survived better than anybody expected the dry they normally like moisture in order for their eggs to hatch and yet apparently there was sufficient soil moisture for a lot of grub eggs to hatch this past august so, yes, the lawns are taking a beating. There's no question. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, sorry about that, and good luck. 
Okay, yeah. I know. But uh, yeah, keep keep in touch with Charlie. Let us know uh, how it goes. Meantime, speaking of going, I'm going over to the other side of the room. Continue my. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't get very many gonna say, knee bends done. That so one I'm, knee bend. I'm I think. He's such an oh. active character. I tell you that, Frank. There we are. Oh, will you just be careful? Don't hit your head on that speaker. One's enough. All right, so. Sierra Sil Man here is getting his exercise in because he's feeling good and active and he wants to stay good and active. And Sierra Sil helps both Frank and I to maintain activities with reduced aches and stiffness. Completely natural mineral supplement designed to keep those joints moving as smoothly as possible. For more information, 1-877-JOINT-14. Give him a call. Check out them on the web, Sierra Sil dot ca or go to your local health food store including the peanut mill in st Catharines and essence of life in chinatown in toronto they all carry sierra sill s-i-e-r-r-a-s-i-l daffodils and daisies bluebells and begonias forsythia and foxgloves marigolds magnolia lavender and lupins dahlias delphiniums stalks flocks hollyhocks tulips and sweet williams you've picked the right place for everything floral this is the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on zoomer radio am 740 and the sous chef frank proctor along for the ride here on a saturday morning that's rather chilly crispy and from the notes left by our producer christina i see that John and Mississauga is going to give us the latest poop from Mississauga. Uh, <laughs> hello, John. Good morning, Frank. How are you? Good, Good morning. morning, Charlie. Good morning, John. Well, you're in the city of Mississauga, the best mayor in the world. Uh, <laughs> yep, yep. Say hi to Hazel. <laughs> uh, yes, Charlie. Uh, I, I took all my uh, tomatoes and all my garden stuff is clean. Mm-hmm. I drove or tiller it or, you know, uh, turn it. Mm-hmm. Um I bought some cow manure, cow and sheep manure. Mm-hmm. Um, is it better to put it now or in the spring? This is bagged manure that you composted, yes, yes. bagged manure? Yes. Is it better? Uh, it doesn't really matter either, no. fall or spring. The one time when we definitely put it on in the fall is if it's what we call green manure, or it's a, or, or in the case of manure, it's a fresh, not composted. No, I think it's composted. Yeah, if it's bagged, it's composted, so yes. it, it, it's not going to burn anything. But if it's really fresh, like right out of the barn, that's no, no, got to no, go on in the fall. That. Yeah, so, um, yeah, whatever's easier for you. It, it won't matter either way. I yeah. find if you put it on now, then as the soil is starting to thaw and all the worms and everybody's waking up in your soil, they'll start moving and, and shaking and stirring your, your soil for you. So that is the advantage of doing it now. Is you let, the, let the bugs do the stir. You don't have to get out there and break yeah. your back and do it. And uh, I, I've been keeping or, you know, telling my wife to keep, uh, you know, the eggshells. Mm-hmm. So what I do, I keep the eggshells. I keep maybe, I don't know, two, three dozen, and then I... I, I how to call it, crash them a little bit and spread them around. Good idea. What do eggshells do to the garden, if I may ask you, please? Okay, a couple of things. Eggshells, when they're crushed up small, are very sharp, little, almost like shards of glass. Uh-huh. Slugs and crawling insects or young, even ants and earwigs, their little bellies drag across the ground. They don't like 
shards of glass, and they will avoid plants that are surrounded by crushed eggshell. Eggshell. Uh-huh. So it's a it's a mechanical protection. Okay. The other thing that eggshells do is that they slowly but surely decompose. So as they're decomposing, they release what they're made out of, which is calcium and phosphorus and carbon and that sort of thing, which is good for the garden. Mm-hmm. Um, all uh, micronutrients that are required by all plants include calcium, and a macronutrient that's required is phosphorus. So you are actually providing nutrient when you're putting eggshells in. It's not an immediate nutrient. It takes years and years for those eggshells to really break down. Mm-hmm. But it, it also, you know, again, lightens the soil. If you've got a very heavy clay soil, provides some mm-hmm. poor spaces for moisture and air to get through. So it's a good organic amendment to any soil. Uh-huh. Um, can I can I uh, make a comment regarding the grubs, uh, 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 Charlie? Please? Sure, sure. Um, this, uh, you know, I, I do like like Frank there. I go to the gym too, you know. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> um, anyhow, um, a friend of mine at the gym, he he told me to use hydrogenate lime. Okay. So I mixed it with the water. Mm-hmm. I mixed it good, and and I, and I just sort of sprinkled. Okay. Um, I don't know how how successful I am. I only have it on the boulevard, lucky enough. All right. Yeah, because um, that's often very stressed. It's a stressed lawn out on the boulevard. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and and um, so to tell you the truth, I have some left, and I was gonna use this hydro, hydro hydrated lime. I think is what you've yeah. got. Hydrated. Um, can I put that in the garden too? Okay, so keep in mind, when you add hydrated lime to anything, uh-huh. you are going to affect the pH and, again, the chemistry of the soil. Uh-huh. It, it is, lime is calcium, and so you've got to be careful. You've got eggshells going in, providing calcium. You start adding lime. You're adding uh-huh. more calcium. So you can get your chemistry of your, your soil all out of whack oh, okay. by adding too many then. things. I don't so, do it. Yeah, I would be careful with, yeah. with that. I don't do it, Charlie. Okay. You know. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Always a pleasure hearing from you guys. <laughs> Thanks for Thanks, that, John. John. Take you take care and say hi to Hazel now, for gosh sakes. Huh? Angela in Toronto, anxious to speak to uh, Charlie right now. Good morning, Angela. Hi, Frank. Uh, hi, Charlie. Hi there. Hi. Um, I'm calling because I uh, want to find out how I can best bring in my um, geraniums, like save them for next year. Mm-hmm. And without bringing them inside the house, because I'm afraid that there could still be little critters in there. Mm-hmm. Are they in pots or in the ground? Uh, in pots. Uh, okay, and did you get a frost last night? Uh, just a little, little, little bit. Because uh, geraniums, as you, I mean, they're they're actually a pretty tough plant, um, but they they won't have liked any extreme frost. So I was just going to say that you might be past your window there, but perhaps not. Uh, okay, if you don't want to bring them in the house, do you have a shed or an insulated garage or anything like that? Well, a garage I have. Okay. If... If your garage is one that's attached to the house and has got some insulation, it's likely that it will never go below freezing in your garage. And if you can keep the geraniums... See, the bottom line is they need to be kept someplace frost-free. Okay. If, if the garage is frost-free, you can keep the geraniums alive. All you'll do is cut them down today, move them into the garage, you know, give them a sort of a water, a brush off, clean them up, but leave them in the pots. Just cut them down uh, and move them into the garage. If there's a bit of light in there, then they may want to grow a bit. If it's a dark garage, they won't. Uh, but they, they're likely to survive as long as they can be kept frost-free. So I have a garage and I have like a, a shelf 
in the garage, which is the shelf is towards the house, Mm -hmm. not on an outside wall. So if Mm -hmm. I put them all on top of there and just cut them down now, they should be okay. They should be okay. Do check them every month or so, even if it means getting up on a ladder with a flashlight. Just make sure that if to keep them alive, there's this fine line. Too much water in the pots and they'll rot. Not enough water in the pots, and they'll get all wrinkled up. Well, do you have to water them in the winter? You may. You may not. It kind of just depends on what kind of temperatures are in your garage and how big the, the plants are that you're putting away. So, so just keep an eye on them. Just keep, you know, like I said, if they get all wrinkly, you're going to give them a bit of water. If they're not wrinkly, then just leave them alone. Okay. Okay. So I should do that today then? I would if you can. Okay, I appreciate it. Okay, you're very Thanks welcome. Thanks for joining the show, Angela. Oh, you're welcome. All righty, have a great weekend, and uh, we'll be back to talk to uh, more listeners in just a couple of moments here at AM740. Charlie Dobbins' Garden Show on the air from Zoomer Radio. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Yeah, we're back on now with, uh, hello, where are we uh, go? Well, there we are, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, my mic just didn't want to work there for a minute. Uh, Richard on the line from St. Catharines. Good morning, Richard. Good morning. Morning. Uh, I got a money tree. Uh I, I want one of those. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> Wait, what's a money tree? I don't know. That's it's... what they called it when we bought it. It was a money tree. Okay, is that it's, so it's inside your house? Big pardon? Is it inside or outside? It's inside, but it's five feet high now. Oh, okay. And uh, uh, I, I was wondering if I could put it outside. Do you know what a money tree is? <laughs> well, that's what I'm just double-checking. What, what's a money tree? I wonder tree? if it's a monkey tree. N- no. Oh. I don't think so. No, no. images from. We bought it at a Chinese store. Oh right, okay. Does it does it actually look like a little tree? Like what's got like a stem and leaves, or is it more like? Tell me the shape of the leaves. Actually, I think it's uh, the that. shape of the leaves. Uh, they are. Just a minute. Stretch this phone over here. Uh, <laughs> they're on a branch, a, mm-hmm. a little branch, and there's one, two, three, six leaves. At the end of the little stem. Yeah, and it's like um, almost like a hand. Yeah. Okay. And the leaves are long. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. It's, it's how tall did you say it is? Five feet tall? Big pardon? How tall did you say that is? About five feet. Wow. <laughs> you, you've been taking real good care of that. that <laughs> too bad, Chinese it, money. Too bad well, it didn't grow money. I'm five nine, and it's up to my nose. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Okay, so and um, does it have like a twisted uh, or braided trunk? I mean, is it stand up on on its own, or how how does it work there? Well, oh, I got a stick up through yeah, the trunk, through the center. Okay, so now this is not a hardy plant. This cannot survive in the winter outside. Oh, uh, that's what I want to know. So that's going to be your your real trick. You can. Do you have access to the internet where you live? Big pardon. Do you have access to the internet? Yeah. Because uh, I was going to say, here's here. I just quickly looked this up here. So, m- money tree care. Money trees are fast-growing plants. Uh-huh. Please keep money trees indoors in a well-lit area. Uh-huh. Brief sunlight exposure and light watering will keep the plants healthy. Let the plant dry out completely before each watering, as too much water can cause the roots to rot. Money oh. trees rarely need watering more than once a week, and in winter you may need to eat, wait two to three weeks. <clears throat> test dryness by inserting your finger in the soil. If it's damp, don't water. 
Old and damaged leaves may be cut off. New ones will grow soon. Note that if leaves are damaged in shipping, it's okay to remove them. So that'll just keep growing. That's not going to go anywhere. It's That's just going to get bigger. You're going to have to get a new house. Well, we got with... tall ceilings. Yeah. Uh... yeah, I'm going to put a hole in the ceiling. <laughs> you may have to. Uh, thanks. Uh, and um, you must be very popular because I had a hard time getting through, and I don't know whether it's your expert advice or uh, it's uh, the the humor of Frank, or better known as what's his name. <laughs> what's his name? Yeah. Thanks for that, Richard. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Thank you, Richard. Yes. <laughs> a little backhander there, wasn't uh, it? Yeah. Was a bit, wasn't it? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We're at uh, 9:53. We've got yeah. time for I think one more call, uh, but we have to do something first, right? You want? Well, I just on. wanted to mention yeah. uh, the garlic festival oh, that you right. are going to have somebody on your show later. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Excuse it's me. happening today at the Brickworks, uh, today and uh, tomorrow for that matter. So Evergreen Brickworks, if yep. you want to look that up on the web. Mm-hmm. Brickworks actually is a very cool place with all kinds of really neat things going on. Uh, and they're having a garlic festival, so it's all about garlic. Yeah. So it'll be cooking Recipes with garlic and, all and sorts planting of garlic and medicinal uses of garlic. And I just wanted to mention, I mean, if you haven't planted your garlic yet... Get on it. It's uh, it's the easiest plant, the easiest crop you could ever grow. I love garlic. So do I. I so, don't have many friends. <laughs> I know. It's kind of connected, actually. Yeah. But all you need is a place that's sunny. Yeah. Okay, a sunny bit of land. Now, you wouldn't do this in pots above ground because it would be unlikely to survive. But a little bit of a sunny spot. Garlic, the cloves go about two inches down, pointy end up. Uh, now or in the last two weeks, and even right up until this weekend, they will next spring start to grow. Little green stems will come up. You just keep an eye on them to make sure that when they start to flower, you remove the flowers. And by early, sort of late July, even early August, you're digging up full cloves of garlic, and then it's beautiful. I mean, it's your own homegrown. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's the best. So, you want to catch that interview, it's about quarter after one. Okay. Ten after quarter after one. So that you've got, like, the special events person going to talk about the garlic festival. He he is the uh, guy. He's the guy. Nice nice to hear. Okay. So that's uh, that's coming up on your show, and obviously, I'm a big proponent of planting garlic you now. You are indeed. Well, let's see what's on June's mind. They're right. in Midland, where they probably had a little frost overnight, I'll bet. Hello, June. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Morning. Um, Charlie, I had a, um, a big uh, garden in my front lawn, and I had it taken out last fall uh, and grass planted, mm-hmm. and uh, it had a lot of daylilies in it, mm-hmm. and now I've got daylilies coming up That's all right. over the lawn. the lawn. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> That's a tough yeah. one. You don't have to leave much daylily behind for, it to, for them to keep on growing. So mowing the lawn mows the daylily leaves, but it's still not going to solve your problem. You're going to end up with a lawn of daylily leaves. They have to be dug up and removed. There's no. They're not going to stop growing. The only thing you could consider is, like I said, give it up, let it be a daylily lawn, which is going to look silly. It's not going to look like a proper lawn. Or get somebody who perhaps did the work for you to come back and fix that. Dig in the areas where the daylilies are coming up. Dig deep enough to get all those daylilies out and then level the lawn and get the grass back in place. Or as the daylilies are coming up in the spring, um, have on hand some weed be gone. Or actually, I think what you would use would be something called Path Clear. It's the vinegar-based solution where you'll spray those green daylily leaves and attempt to kill the daylilies. 
carefully, trying to avoid spraying the lawn. Eventually, you'll have the daylilies all dead, and then you'll go in and replace the lawn with some grass seed or sod or whatever the case may be. Uh-huh. That sweet be gone. Weed, um, I think weed be gone will not kill your daylilies. I think weed be gone only kills uh, broadleafed uh, plants that are growing in our lawns. Mm-hmm. Daylilies are not a broadleaf plant. No. So in order to kill the daylilies with a herbicide, I think you'll have to use something that's called Path Clear. So Path P- Clear. Yeah, P-A-T-H, Clear. And that is the vinegar-based solution. So the th- trick with the, the path clear or the vinegar is it's a non-selective herbicide. It will kill anything it sprays. So when you're spraying your daylilies, you're spraying carefully to not overspray and kill a lot of lawn. Uh-huh. That's so one or the other. Dig them up, or like I say, the easiest, the other option is to just work away at killing them with the herbicide and then fix the lawn afterwards. Uh-huh. Okay, fine. Thank you very much, Charlie. Thank you very much, June. Uh, Just a bit of a reminder, coming up at 11 o'clock this morning, following uh, Dave's Corner Garage, as a matter of fact, is going to be the Natural Health Show. Uh, They've got uh, naturopaths, uh, all sorts of specialists in the area, any area of health, Mm. and uh, you're going to hear that from 11 through to noon. And then at noon, it's the diner, where I ask uh, you to call me and give me a a request for music, and I do my best to get them all in. Oh, you are one talented guy. I am. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Charlie, what do you got planned for the weekend? Uh, well, I got a bunch of plants. I got to soak right. down. <laughs> oh, yeah. Inclu- including my neighbor's hottest hot pepper in the world plant that he went away on a cruise and he didn't want to leave it outside and he didn't want to put it in his house. He's gone for a month. So I'm responsible for this plant. Oh, And it's lovely. just been too cold mm-hmm. to have it outside. I said, I'm leaving it outside, but now I'm, I've got to bring it in. It's too cold. So I'll be soaping a lot of plants that are currently in my garage. Uh, and um, yeah, I've got a few things to do in the garden. Yeah. It's, well, uh, Di is uh, busy with another show. She's directing uh, another show in, in St. Catharines for Garden City Productions. Nice. And it's a fun show. It's nonsense. Oh, well, that's Great oh, just just a riot. So tomorrow afternoon, while she is uh, in rehearsals with mm-hmm. all the gang, I, I'm going to get a bit of culture. I'm going to the Niagara um, uh, Symphony Orchestra. Nice. Yes. At, um, oh, gee. Well, it's Brock University. Right, yeah, I'm yeah, trying yeah. to remember the name of the uh Oh, there's the hall a hall. There. There's yeah. a new hall, yeah. isn't it? Seems no, it's been, it's been there for a while, oh, okay. and I just cannot. It doesn't come to mind. At Brock. I'll mention it yeah. a little later on this afternoon. Well, but good for you. Yeah, no, it's, it's a Pops concert. Enjoy so. your, you know, highfalutin yes. lifestyle. I shall even put on a shirt and tie. Mm. <laughs> Either that or your tux. Yeah, and <laughs> I even wear pants. Oh, you good, know, yeah. good for you. <laughs> Frank, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, Best Charlie. sous chef around. Thank you, Christina. And we'll see you again all next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.